Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Munavalan. It's Tuesday. Today's show, a couple talking points for your Thanksgiving dinner. It's your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. It's one of the slowest weeks in politics as our elected leaders slip into the Thanksgiving break, when they have a chance to assess the fallout from the surprising midterm results and ponder the way forward. President Joe Biden will head to Nantucket for Thanksgiving, an annual Biden family tradition stretching back to the 70s, though the Bidens skipped a 2020 visit to the island during the pandemic. The president has said recently he would use the month between Thanksgiving and Christmas to assess his 2024 re-election plans, which he said is ultimately a family decision. Unlike Biden, fellow octogenarians Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, who already announced their retirements from leadership, can enjoy the holiday without a big decision hanging over them. When the House Dem leader said they were stepping down, we wondered if it would have any impact on Biden's decision. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, another octogenarian, says he's not going anywhere, but is facing a similar generational comparison to Pelosi and Hoyer. A Washington Times headline says McConnell defies exodus of Capitol's oldest leaders while discontent simmers in GOP base. Meanwhile, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, who's dealing with his own base of simmering discontent in the House, will have to spend Thanksgiving plotting a path to 218 votes to become Speaker. His latest bid to woo the right is to remind conservatives he wants to kick Democratic California representatives Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee. As you prepare your own holiday plans, you'll probably want to be armed at the dinner table with something smart to say about the meaning of the midterms. Or maybe just bring mac and cheese. It's admittedly a confusing subject. There was no red wave, but Republicans flipped the House. The anti-Trump coalition that returned Pelosi to the speakership in 2018 and elected Biden in 2020 seemed to hold together for the Democrats. And yet, some of the biggest gains for Republicans came among college-educated suburban women and Black and Latino voters. We've been hearing for years that politics is becoming more nationalized, partly because of the decline of local news and the rise of partisan national cable networks. But lots of midterm races turned on local issues or candidates. Ticket splitting was said to be dead, but it was one of the more conspicuous features of the voting on November 8th. But if you want to filter out a lot of the noise in the results and focus in on the signal, this morning's Ron Brownstein piece at CNN is a good one to clip and save for Thursday. We have a link up in today's playbook if you want to read the whole thing, but in it, he identifies a few key trends present in the 2022 results that tell us a lot about 2024. Red states are getting redder. See the results for Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida or Governor Ron DeWine in Ohio. Blue states are getting bluer. You could look at Gavin Newsom's re-election in California or what happened in Colorado, Maryland, Massachusetts, or Washington State. And the next presidential election will likely be decided by fewer voters in fewer states. The two presidential nominees could start out in 2024, with as many as 46 states and D.C. sorted out between the two parties. Brownstein argues that given recent trends, Democrats could start with a safe 260 electoral votes and Republicans with a safe 235. Under this scenario, longtime battleground states have become reliably red or blue, with Michigan and Pennsylvania seemingly back in Democratic hands, Florida and Ohio dominated by the GOP, sometimes blue North Carolina out of reach for Democrats, and perennial GOP target New Hampshire out of reach for Republicans. The true list of toss-ups could be down to just four states worth 43 electoral votes, Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, and Wisconsin. 
The Electoral College map is so closely divided that you can narrow down the decisive swing votes to a few pockets spread across those four states. As Brownstein writes, a minuscule number of people living in the tiny patches of contested political ground, white-collar suburbs of Atlanta and Phoenix, working-class Latino neighborhoods in and around Las Vegas, and the mid-sized communities of the so-called BOW counties in Wisconsin. Of course, if this is all too boring for your Thanksgiving table, just ask your uncle what he thinks about Elon Musk reinstating Donald Trump on Twitter. That should get the conversation going. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House at 5.50 p.m. Eastern. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden will depart the White House to head to Nantucket, Massachusetts. Press Secretary Queen Jean-Pierre, COVID-19 Response Coordinator Ashish Jha, and Anthony Fauci will hold a press briefing at 11.30 a.m. Earlier today, Vice President Kamala Harris and Second Gentleman Doug Emhoff visited a fishing village in the Philippine province of Palawan, received a tour and briefing aboard a Philippine Coast Guard vessel, delivered remarks, and departed Palawan to head back back to Los Angeles. The House and the Senate are out today. All right, for more news and tidbits to share around your Thanksgiving table, check out the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com slash playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghu Munabalan. Have a good Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning.